Hi, you're listening to The Get, the podcast about finding and keeping great marketing leaders in B2B SaaS. I'm Erica Seidel, your host. This season on The Get podcast, we have stayed close to the theme, solving for the scale journey. We talked with marketing leaders who have scaled, and in one case, someone on the investor side who hires marketing leaders for scale-ups. We've looked at different dimensions around scaling, hiring, budgeting, aligning with the board, getting the balance of brand and demand right, balancing aspirational goals with achievable goals. It's been great to hear from so many loyal listeners along the way who have found the season useful. Obviously, every scale journey is different. Just because someone did a scale up in one place doesn't mean they will be successful somewhere else. But there are some themes that emerged, What you'll hear next is a recap of some of the most compelling things we discussed this season. If you are a CEO or investor looking to know what good looks like when hiring the CMO for a scale-up, you've come to the right place. And if you're a CMO or VP of marketing who is solving for a scale journey, you too have come to the right place. Here goes, my top 10 list of themes of how a good scale-up CMO approaches their role. Number one is alignment. A good scale-up CMO aligns early and often. Determine whether the organization is really ready for scale, what scale means for the organization, and what it means for marketing. This alignment starts even before the job begins. You will have better outcomes when there are fewer surprises up front. Make sure there's a meeting with the CEO and board and marketing leader all together, even before the CMO is hired, to align on goals, expectations, budget, prioritization, and timelines. Often, CEOs and boards are not aware of what it takes to achieve a result with marketing. I've started encouraging my clients to talk honestly during the recruiting process about what it will take budget-wise and time-wise to achieve the goals that marketing is signing up for. Here's what Guy Weissmantel says in his podcast on a SaaS CMO's formula for successful scaling. Making sure you're aligned on scale, what scale means to your CEO, to your CRO, even to the board, I think is super important because again, you know, we can attach ourselves to, I need, we need to double growth or triple the, you know, I go, okay, great. Let me go put a plan together to do that. But I think when I hear that, like I've, I've learned to kind of just take a beat and go, okay, well, what does that really mean? Like, how, how do we think about doing that? And how are we beyond marketing resource to get there? Because it's client services. Do we have people that implement the product? Do we have people to support the product? And so I, you know, sales and marketing can maybe grow, but if the rest of the org isn't aligned with that, I think you get yourself in trouble, you know, and, I, and I've seen that where you, you, you oversell, you overpromise, and then you can't deliver. And so scale is not just about how many new marketing campaigns or ads we get into the market to try to generate leads. It's about, can the organization kind of keep up and are you all aligned on what that means? Number two is focus. A good scale-up CMO understands the importance of focus, even amidst lots of shiny objects and demands on their time. You won't get to scale saying yes to everything, after all. My guest, Jay Gaines, talked about how the role of the CMO in a scale-up is to create focus and protect focus. One way of doing that is to take control of the strategic planning process for the company. By doing so, you will be seen as not just the marketing leader, but the market leader. We have very clear revenue targets that we want to hit next year. But I had to work with the head of sales, head of product, uh, the founders, and really get at, well, when we think about hitting that number, what products, 
sold to which audience segments do we expect to contribute what percentage to that growth? And when I'm armed with that information, which we quickly got to, thankfully, we're a very kind of operationally mature business. But when we got to agreement on that, that's the information I need to know how to focus marketing's investment of resources and effort. So we're not spread like peanut butter across everything the business does equally. It also puts me in a position to do the most important work as the CMO, which is protect, well, create and protect focus for the marketing organization, because invariably every product has a product manager that has a number on their head. You have sales teams that are oriented around different parts of the business. And as they observe marketing, investing more in one part of the business than another part of the business, you're going to have people come to you and be like, Hey, what's going on? Why aren't you giving the part I care about as much attention as this other part? So you want to be in a defensible position to just say, well, look, we've all agreed that, you know, this other part is going to contribute more to our growth than the part you care most about. So I'm investing more over there. So it really kind of creates an environment where there's shared understanding. And I, as the leader of the marketing team, can help everybody understand why we're doing the things we're doing. And oh, by the way, not doing all those other random things and treating everything equally across the business. Number three, business-first thinking. The best CMOs, especially in a scale-up, think company-first, marketing second, and they encourage their teams to do the same. Cynthia Gumbert, the CMO of SmartBear, talks about moving a team from the frame of what marketing is doing to what the company is doing. It goes both ways. Some CMOs will make their team meetings open source, inviting others in the company to them. Number four is creative hiring. My favorite topic. The best scale-up CMOs are creative about hiring. You know the mantra of spending 10 to 20% of your time on experimental stuff? My guest, Kristen Hambleton, is a believer in hiring some experimental people on the team, people whose backgrounds may initially make you squint. Sydney Sloan, who led marketing for a huge scale-up at SalesLoft, talked through how she hires for where the business will be in 18 months as opposed to where it is now. And in other conversations, we talked about having a blend of been there, done that people and those who have not yet seen the scale journey. Several guests recommend hiring athletes, people who can handle two parts of marketing, say product marketing and customer marketing, or even product marketing and demand gen together. Number five, and this is related, recognize agility. The best CMOs are agile themselves and can recognize agility in others. But what does that really mean? I wanted to get the perspective of someone from the investor side who is instrumental in hiring marketing leaders for scale-up companies. So I talked with Brian West, the head of talent for Resurgence Tech Partners. It's a private equity shop. He and I have done a few searches together so far. We talked about what is going on behind the scenes when CEOs and investors hire marketing leaders. I loved Brian's framework for hiring. It shows what to look for and what to demonstrate if you are the talent. He looks for four things. The first is cognitive quotient, sheer smarts and proactively identifying opportunities and risks. The second is drive, the ability to propel an organization forward. The third is relationship quotient. And the fourth one is agility. Agile is proactively identifying how do I need to evolve my formula for success to be successful in this environment, in this context, so that when they come in, they're not just figuring it out. They've already started to think, what are the things that I need to tweak in my own approach before even step into that situation to be successful? And again, the markers you look for there in the interview process is, 
whatever that person, you know, across their varied types of roles in their career, have they been successful in different types of environments over time? If the answer is yes, odds are they're pretty doggone agile. Odds are they didn't just kind of like figure it out over time. It's they are actually figuring out they need to be proactively adaptable uh, right out of the gate. Number six, good scale-up CMOs know how to upgrade from incremental growth to transformational growth. It's one thing to increment forward and another to leap forward. I talked with Sydney Sloan, who led marketing at Sales Loft during their big scale-up. We talked about how transformational growth is different from incremental growth. She has great advice on balancing achievable goals and aspirational goals when you are leading a team during a scale-up. Well, I think the purpose of aspirational goals is to really remove the barriers of what you're doing now to think differently about how you might achieve it versus incremental growth, where you want to do transformational growth. That might be the time that you, you throw down an aspirational goal. If you're doing a, a new product group or a new team, like let them achieve the goals and get that momentum of success versus some crazy BHAG that, you know, your financial model tells you, but your gut tells you, your financial model tells you you need, but your gut tells you it's not the right thing. Number seven, the best CMOs in a scale-up bring to the company the mindset that growth and comfort do not coexist. Cynthia Gumbert, CMO of SmartBear, talked about how to inject discomfort into your scale journey. She shared that when you grow, you get to a new plateau, and then you have to ask, how do we double doing well here? She and I also talked about hiring for cultural ad as opposed to cultural fit when you scale, even when that is uncomfortable. When you get to a comfortable place, you've got to find ways to make yourself uncomfortable. Again, you know, once we're, you know, we know we're, we're doing really well in a lot of areas, we have to look at, all right, how do we double doing these areas? You know, and there's a lot of incremental ability to say we can just do a little more of this, a little more of that. How do we make ourselves uncomfortable to get past those plateaus? And we have to do that through some experiments. Some of them will fail, you know, getting new people in the mix who have very, very different backgrounds and personas than other folks on the team is another way to do it. But, you know, growing, especially, you know, once we're several hundred million dollars, if you think about what we look like when we're double the size we are today, there's some discomfort along the way. Number eight, the best scale-up CMOs don't get snagged on frustration when everyone in the company has opinions about marketing. They are able to expertly acknowledge and harness the emotional investment in marketing that others have. Here's how Justin Steinman, CMO of Definitive Healthcare, approaches this. Whether we pick, you know, Microsoft Azure or the Google Cloud or Amazon Web Services, I'm not emotionally invested in that, right? That is a decision that our CTO and his team of engineers make. And whatever they go, I go, great, you guys are the experts. I trust you. Conversely, those folks are emotionally invested in what our brand is and what our tagline is and what we stand for and how we look and present ourselves to the market. And you know what? They have every right to be emotionally invested in that. And they have every right to weigh in on that. And so to be a good CMO and get people to appreciate the value, you have to not only acknowledge that emotional investment, but you have to embrace it. And you have to bring people on the journey and you have to hear people out and you have to 
not let it get personal when you put, you know, the new brand out there and somebody from sales who's been here maybe two years says, I really don't like that. It's not who I think we are. Well, you got to hear that person out. Now, the trick in all this, because if you listen to everybody, you're going to wind up with a brand of mishmash and you're not going to stand for anything, which is the worst thing of all. Because if you make everybody happy, you're going to make nobody happy. So the real trick here is to do pattern recognition and to synthesize a bunch of data points that may at first seem random into a comprehensive view where you can get a real true brand architecture and message and story to the marketplace. That's a little bit about how you start to get everybody in. And you've got to bring people on the journey and never let it get personal for you because it's personal for everybody else. Number nine, CMOs that scale effectively must balance brand and demand. Many B2B SaaS companies have historically over-rotated on demand, but brand is a force multiplier. Listen to how Khaled El-Khatib, the CMO of Stack Overflow, discusses this. Not enough SaaS marketing leaders invest in brand marketing. And that's especially true, as I'm sure you've seen, in private equity-backed companies, where it's sort of this dollar-in, dollar-out mentality. Because as every marketing leader knows, it's really difficult to prove ROI for dollars that are spent on brand. And so I think that we were fortunate to have this sort of support of our CEO and our CFO over time to make an investment in brand awareness. And we've also run longitudinal studies twice a year, brand tracking surveys, which have proven out the value of investing in that. We've seen awareness of Stack Overflow for teams and evangelism for it go up double digit percentages. And so I think, you know, a couple of mistakes that are made is one, not making any investment at all, and then figuring out why competitors are beating them and why your demand gen teams aren't working because a rising tide lifts all boats and investment in brand awareness is that rising tide. I think a related point is, you know, an investment in brand doesn't mean that you need to take out an, an ad in the Super Bowl or a billboard in Times Square, which is sometimes the misconception that a board or a CFO or a CRO or a CEO will have when people ask for brand dollars, especially in B2B SaaS. When I ask for brand dollars, I'm not saying that we need to do a takeover of the subway system in New York City because I know that it's not going to lead anywhere. And so a related point is always start small, scale and iterate from there. So, you know, I think like one approach that we try to take when it comes to developer awareness is looking at our key 1000 accounts. Where are they headquartered? You know, increasingly, a lot of them are headquartered in Austin, for example. A lot of developer oriented companies have moved to Texas over the past couple of years. And so if we're going to do something out of home or something display, why don't we start in Austin? Why don't we, we take over their public transportation or billboards in their downtown area where they're much more likely to be working from the office than in New York, for example, or San Francisco? So starting in a, a hyper-local market and scaling if it makes sense to do so is how I would approach brand awareness as opposed to some people who get a capital injection and then right away will take out these like massive, massive buys. And finally, number 10. The best CMOs for scale-ups budget like a boss. You want the CMO who thinks like a CFO, who meets often with the CFO, the CMO who will devote their budget to other areas of the business, like sales training, when it makes sense. I love what Justin Steinman says about being the steward of the marketing budget. It's my job as the CMO to be the best spender 
best investor, best utilizer, use that budget in the most efficient way to generate the best return on investment for the company. But it is never my money. It is ours and it's collective. And I really view myself as the steward for spending that. Kristen Hamilton's podcast is called Budget Like a Boss. She talked about giving back budget in some cases. What I have found is in some years, even in the same role, you will find you don't even have enough people to spend the money you have, which seems really odd as a marketer, given we always complain about the budgets, but you can throw that money away if you want to. Or what I've done in the past is, you know, I share that with my CFO and I said, sure, we have this money. I'm actually not going to spend it because I can't spend it on the things that we know work and experimentation. And so I share that because to say I'm being mindful of what works and doesn't work. And the reason I actually share that with my CFO is so that I kind of protect myself a little bit so I don't lose my budget the next year. A huge thanks to all the guests from this season. If you haven't listened to all the episodes, now you know which ones might be most compelling to you to dive into. If you have topics you'd like to suggest for future podcast conversations or newsletters, let me know. And of course, if you want to talk with me about hiring a CMO or VP of marketing for your SaaS scale-up, you know where to find me. Thanks for listening to The Get. I'm your host, Erica Seidel. Hiring great marketing leaders is not easy. The Get is designed to inspire smart decisions around recruiting and leadership in B2B SaaS marketing. We explore the trends, tribulations, and triumphs of today's top marketing leaders in B2B SaaS. This season's theme has been solving for the scale journey. If you liked this episode, please share it. For other insights on recruiting great marketing leaders, what I call the make money marketing leaders rather than the make it pretty ones, follow me on LinkedIn. You can also sign up for my newsletter at theconnectivegood.com. The Get is produced by Evo Terra and Simpler Media Productions. Thanks for listening.